Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, and welcome to our final podcast of the season. I'm your host, Morna, and my co-host, as usual, Aiden. All right, guys, a long end to an extended, grueling season. Um, let's go to Wembley to discuss our final game that was for this long season. Yeah, you know, the, it was really like the big showpiece at Wembley, culmination of quite what was going to be a tough season for Arsenal. Um, that being said, you know, I was buzzing going into the final. I don't know what your feeling was. Uh, I was a, a bundle of nerves, you know, knowing that this trophy was probably Arsenal ever, you know, needed a trophy besides the, you know, that long barren run of nine years we had. But I think this was probably one of the moments where, you know, this for Arsenal fans needed this Arsenal players just something to feel good about the club. Yeah, and I mean the game kicks and off. And what I can only explain is, uh, you know, a real frenetic five minutes for Chelsea because um, I think it even caught Arsenal on its on their heels because I don't think they expected that sort of, uh, what is it, backlash, but sort of onslaught because Chelsea were kind of getting everything quick to the ball. They were also passing the ball around quick. And there were a few times with Arsenal, especially with Xhaka, uh, where he was like, caught in possession of the ball. And I mean, that also ends up leading into that first opportunity for them when, um, I think it was, uh, what was it now? Mason Mount, kind of, uh, kind of dallying on the ball, Mason Mount dispossessed him, and then let's fly from about 20, 25 yards, but I mean, Martinez pulls off a fine save, um, then fifth minute, you know, almost like a real sickening feeling, Chelsea again, winning the ball in midfield, Pulisic then wins the ball, just inside the Arsenal half, drives forward, Gives the ball to the amount of the overlap. He, of course, dazzles his way into the box. It's a, a little, you know, like a cute little cutback. Giroud does it, what we normally know, that little flicks with his boot. And I think you were talking about in the previous podcast that he's also known for. And I mean, Pulisic comes in. I think Arsenal kind of were more scared of fouling him, giving away an early penalty. And I mean, he just waltzes through and dinks the ball over Martinez. one old Chelsea. I think that what you said was... Uh, a true feeling as all good is probably the sick feeling in his stomach where the way Chelsea started and you know that finish of Pulisic and Pulisic seemed like he was on it for this game and I think Arsenal fans probably you know relapsed to many games where <laughs> the games we start start as this and you just say no way for the rest of the game so at that point I'm thinking oh no you know have we thrown it away already you know I was actually looking at my end and I was thinking okay that's what <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, like three or four more. But I mean, look, you know, I was going very, you know, positive into the into the final. But just conceding a goal that early, and I mean, for us, at, at one point, yes, it was like really like left a person shell shock. But then you also just vaguely, I want to say really, but I mean, just vaguely, I was thinking, but Hull City did also score early. I was thinking. And also, like, uh, I thought something similar, like, you know, if in a final you want to concede a goal, I think that, you know, the time we conceded is probably one of the best times, rather that than, you yeah. know, with five minutes left on the clock. Yeah, so, of course, we now kind of get shell-shocked with this uh, goal from um, Pulisic. Pepe then, of course, uh, starts driving the team forward. Actually, the whole team starts playing a bit more fluid. Uh, Pepe then has a shot at goal, but I think it was quite tame. Just bobble, kind of. Then again, Arsenal, not really getting a grip on things, even though we are like playing a more free flow game, but Pulisic, Pulisic again, being a real menace, 
gets forward and again has a shot at goal at, at Martinez. So during the cooling break, it was almost like for me, the point, and I was telling you also in a private chat the other day also, I still think this cooling break has benefited Arsenal most and most more than most teams because I don't know how many times you and I have been, or all our the Gooners now watching the, the, the matches, you see Arsenal really on the ropes or so, like for majority of the games. Is even like with the, especially now with this restarting, and you see this the minute Arteta gets to talk to them, you the minute that game restarts, you see a total different sort of mindset and focus to the players. Yeah, um, I actually want to think what's your like, you know, I will not to stray too much of the game, but do you think this is something that we'll keep in for next season? I think they were the next one kind of coincided with, um. With the five subs as well, because I think you, you actually, it's not too much of a delay. You're not having, you know, people are not really abusing that. And I mean, it has actually come in handy when you see people already have, have made four subs, or, or even like normally there's a three that they would, and then uh, they get normally an injury that's uh, kind of gonna uh, hamstring the team, yeah, the team hamstring. And then at least you got that sort of extra sub that you got in your pocket to make the sort of change. But then, just onto the game again. The, you can see that cutting from the 20, so early 20 minutes, 20, 21st minute, also start gaining momentum in the game. Looking more more short on the ball, knocking the ball around. And I don't know how, what your thoughts was, and I'm going to also like give you now the mic, but did you think Chelsea, with this constant high press and the tempo, do you think they burnt themselves out first off? I think they they started getting um, really tired because you could see like like they even they like as a equator for me I think he exhausted himself so much and I think you know that probably played a toll on on what is to come in the game I think that they like, I think they they also lack of maybe experience in the teams as well in being the situation like you know Lampard hasn't been in a final before as a coach I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Plus, you know, you a lot of young guys in the team, so obviously maybe a bit of over eagerness, playing too hard, and like you said, it seemed to have burnt themselves. And I think maybe that's where Arteta has been there as a player, but also under Pip. So you know, maybe that could also have helped. But I do think that they ran themselves to the ground quite early on. Something that we did against them at the Emirates. And I think also what what you could actually see that they really disliked it. I mean, as we we are still of course going. You know, bit by bit through the game, but you can actually see Chelsea hated every long ball waiting at them. But it's not like we were, you know, trying to be like long ball specialists or anything like that. But we were really mixing it up. We we're playing those little ticker tacker football, and then from there, when when Chelsea think okay, they, they got so, some sort of press or hold on us, we'll just hit the ball route one to them. And you could see Rudiger Zuma and Aspalaqueta. They were hating the fact every time they had to turn towards their own goal to try to track the ball back. And of course, this now leads us into 24th minute. Arsenal start knocking the ball about, and it was a fantastic strike by Pepe. But I mean, just just offside by Arsenal. Yeah, oh, that was I, I was celebrated because it's the way he struck the ball. And I was hoping VAR was gonna say, you know, we were a toenail oh. um, onside or something like that. So I mean, the more and more Chelsea were having problems with Arsenal playing Route One. Uh, Tierney, of course, the ball breaks to him. He, you know, it was like first time that there's a sort of, not a really communication, but that intuition. 
Because the minute he got position on the ball, he just looked up, saw Aubameyang start, start his run from inside our half, and he just hit one of, almost like one of those Hail Mary balls up front. And I mean, Aspilicueta already saw he was in trouble, and by the time uh, Aubameyang gets goal side, you first start seeing the hands of, of uh, Aspilicueta first on the shoulder, then on the hip, and then he's like really struggling, almost like just about clamoring on... And I think this is where Aubameyang used that sort of nows that you need as a forward and what we've all come to see or know about Jamie Vardy as well, where if he knows if he's, he's going one-on-one towards goal, he tries to get into your run as well. And almost like the legs or the bodies end up entwining, in, you know, kind of bumping each other and end up, Aubameyang ends up getting bounced to the ground by Aspilicueta and penalty. I was, uh, I must admit, uh, just like Arteta was showing, I was also showing for a red card at that point when they brought him down. I was hoping that, you know, it would change the game. But, you know, I don't know what your opinion was on it being a, a red card. But, you know, we take the penalty. I mean, like, just a quick talking point of that. Uh, I still think, I mean, I wanted also a red, but when you see this, the sort of tempo that Rodrigo was coming in as a cover man, I think he could have, you know, kind of, not a, a court about me, but kind of obstructed him or held him up. So, but I mean, I'm not going to also say no thank you to a penalty. So, Aubameyang steps up and probably takes a textbook penalty. You know, almost like the ball kissing the inside of the netting. Yeah, it was like textbook it was in the court. And I think even if Caballero had to go the right way, it still would have, you know, nestled in that corner. I mean, I actually love that, that shot from in goal where you can see Caballero you know, going the wrong way and you just see him glancing over his shoulders. He watches the <laughs> sailing to the net. I love that. So, Arsenal go one up. Arsenal, of course, start uh, really cranking on the pressure because you could see Chelsea were literally on the ropes and just waiting for sort of, uh, you know, half you know, time couldn't come sooner. Because all this backtracking that you could see it was wearing them out more and more and more. And then I think what was the 33rd minute? You see Aspilicueta collapsing with nobody around him, clutching the, the back of his leg. And then, I mean, you could see already that was hamstring done because the sort of running that he was required to do from, like, you know, from the point where we really started getting the swing of things in the sixth minute, he, it was really like, you know, uh, adding to uh, a big toll on his body. And he then had to be substituted by Christensen. Uh, Jorginho then and Alonso then ended up getting in each other's way when Chelsea went on the attack and uh, Jorginho fired over. But I mean, it was really, it was like, they also were running, like running out of ideas and sort of uh, rushing things, the, the decision-making. You could see that pendulum was slowly starting to swing in Arsenal's favour. Like, I'm sure if Arsenal could have played, you know, another 10 minutes in yeah. the first half, they would have, they would have gladly taken that. So, yeah, the... The, the the they were tiring and I think Arsenal started realizing you know hang on we've got this because I, mean, I was actually disappointed when I heard the half time whistle go because you could see Arsenal looked fresher they looked uh, yeah they were you know getting faster everything and Chelsea were just always like thinking like what do we do to get some sort of position because even when they were getting position on the ball the likes of Sebayos and Xhaka were you know almost like forcing them to errors or forcing them back into their own half again. Yeah, and they started really coming nice. Xhaka started picking his cap up quite nicely, even though in the beginning of the first half, you know, I was pulling my hair out a bit with these getting caught in the ball. And so it was a good end to the first half. And I think the Arsenal were, were really starting to, you know, take control of the game. Yeah. So the game restarts, and Chelsea again 
come flying out of the blocks because I mean you could see Lampard also probably had a word with him and and you know the way they kind of were just letting the game flow out our way late in the second half but I mean in the first half but they really came out flying first half and I mean Pulisic in I think third or fourth minute into the second half goes on this lung busting run from I think 40 yards like a, it was like a 40 yard mazy run he, he starts closing in on goal and all of a sudden you just start seeing his face like pulling like he's, he starts almost like shouting in pain and he, he, I don't know somehow the, maybe it's just adrenaline rush but I mean he gets into the box and still side foots the ball I think just past the Arsenal goal but he, he ends up laying on the deck and clutching also the back of his hamstring at that point, you know, I didn't want to say anything to anyone. I think uh, I knew the final was ours after that point because Pulisic was, you know, the real danger man in that game. And if anybody that was going to win that game, it was him. He almost had that Hazard-esque almost to him. Because, I mean, look, I remember I told you last week when we did the podcast, I still thought it was, you know, people like Mason Mount, it's going to really, you know, stick out in this game and, and dictate it. But it's it's like they really lost their, their teeth, if you can put it like that, in you know, to the bite when he came off because you did not see that sort of you know heavy or major impact that Mason Mount was doing. Uh, of course, Chelsea also missed Williams' creativity to to a big degree, and and I think <laughs> with David Luiz and Giroud, with with, with David Luiz softening Giroud up in the first half, yes, I think it was like it, that wasn't really a competition there, so it was almost like down to you know, the sort of grafters that Chelsea had in their midfield, like, you know, Jorginho was like a workhorse. Kovacic was also, you know, really getting stuck in, just try, trying to get them some sort of foothold foot in a game that was kind of drifting away from them. Yeah, and uh, Giroud, uh, you know, I was quite scared of him, but I think also the the Pulisic effect also, you know, nullified his game a bit because he, he plays very well with people come off him. You saw it for France, even for Arsenal, with whether it be with Sanchez or Ozil, even Ramsey. So once they lost that factor, it was like Giroud offered nothing much for them anymore. Now, of course, Chelsea starts somehow stringing things together with, with Pedro having come on for uh, Pulisic. Uh, Reese James starts going on a sort of marauding run up front, 62nd minute. Cuts inside and, and, you know, you can see he's already winding up to shoot. But in the time he's about to shoot, Sebeo's doing what we've all now come and grown accustomed to the, since the restart. He just throws his body on the line and makes a solid block to deflect the shot away. Yeah, for me, it's a Sebeo's, you know, stellar performance in the game. I mean, he, if he wasn't doing that, he was, you know, stealing the ball or getting nice interceptions. Yeah. So, uh, you know, even Jaka really stood tall in this game as well. Then 67 minute Bellerin then carries the ball deep into the Chelsea half. You know, almost like one of that old school runs that we actually know him for. Because, I mean, it's been a while. Look, I've been also one of the biggest critics at the moment of him. I mean, of course, he had a real bad injury, but I really miss that that sort of tempo Bellerin that we all know and grown accustomed to prior to that, that bad injury. Had. But, I mean, this time he picks the ball up. You know, just, I think he nutmegs Rudiger. Then ends up, you know, just really flooring it through the Chelsea midfield. Uh, Christensen ends up like with a last ditch tackle, but I mean, the end, uh, two, he ends up taking out Bellerin and you can say himself as well. Ball then somehow bounces loose to uh, Pepe. Pepe then, of course, also having a blinder of a game, ends up nicking the ball past one of the uh, Chelsea defenders or holding midfielders. 
and play, you know, perfectly picks out Aubameyang, who then, of course, sells Kurt Zuma a dream, <laughs> a little faint, mm. and then definitely dinks the ball over uh, Caballero, 2-1 Arsenal. I think I, I did a sliding on my knees in the while watching the game, celebrating for that goal. And I first looked to check, you know, are they, are they checking the foul or what's going on? Because my nerves, like, you know, you don't celebrate before the time. And then, yeah. you know, when they saw it was 2-1, I knew and I just kept on believing that, you know, we need to keep on now and we can actually win this. Yeah. Then uh, 73rd minute, Kovacic then gets his second yellow. I mean, I think it was actually a harsh yellow to get. Yeah, to. I agree. But I, at that point, I was going to argue. But, you know, as a neutral, like watching it, I think this was a bit of an unfair decision. Yeah, but, you know, I forgot to tell you this. And it now brings up, like, doing the podcast makes it now a perfect uh, platform to point at this point. But, you know, that, when I look at that first yellow you got, uh, it's not like everybody kind of overlooks it. But, I mean, that could have actually been a red card, the, the, the first yellow that you get, because... I mean, maybe after the podcast, just have a look at it again. He's actually both feet off the ground, launching himself, and he lands on Jaka's ankle when he makes that contact. I mean, Anthony Taylor didn't, you know, really check, or if he did, uh, they didn't really think it was that bad. But if you think of the, the you know, the kind of protocol that uh, it comes with a dangerous tackle, when you, anytime you launch yourself with two feet off the ground, and you can't see daylight between his like, both feet and the ground when he's going in for the tackle, that is a red, or would have been a red. If you think of it. Yeah, so all like you know, balance each other out. I mean, even the penalty could have also possibly been read on another day. So yeah. I think Chelsea were very. I think if I'm not mistaken, a stat or Arsenal didn't make think much like, yeah. like yeah, fouls or something like that. Two, two for the whole game. Yeah, and Chelsea were the ones that were getting stuck in. So and you could see, I guess, it was challenges out of frustration as well. And you know, you know, I think Chelsea also lacked a bit of leadership in the team as well. Even, like, you know, they didn't have a David Luiz, or I know we complain about him sometimes, but there wasn't that type of players in the team to keep their head. Because, I mean, you could see, um, you know, that's a, that's a very good point that you've made there. Because, uh, is there, you know, where we sometimes normally, uh, I'm talking of in the league games prior to the, uh, the cup final, we were always kind of being pressured, not pressuring, but kind of forcing ourselves to make almost like stupid passes. But I think this time when you watch Arsenal play now, and if you even watch a replay of the game again, you get to see they are more calm when they're knocking the ball about. You know, when things get kind of frenetic in the middle of the park, you know, when we sometimes you say, oh, you want this scrap. You also need that sort of coolie that's going to take this sting out of the, 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 the game. And because you can see the way we were doing the build-up, whenever we saw things were getting a bit too heated in the middle of the park, we use it as an outlet to go through the, around the back, and then we switch it to the other flank. And every time we were almost like drawing Chelsea into the, you know, where we wanted them to play the game. Yeah, and I agree with you 100%. Really. So, I mean, 78 minutes, Chelsea made a flurry of changes. Uh, then, of course, we know in the 80th minute, that hard stopping moment when Martinez comes racing out to get to the head of Tammy Abram. Don't ask me how he managed to do it, but I mean, he manages to get his body and torso out of the box. His arms are with the ball are still inside of the in the inside of the box. Because I first thought they were going to show some sort of replay, but only after the game you can actually see the decision was spot on by the officials. 
Uh, it was a, uh, you know, art in mouth mode and thinking, oh, is he going to get sent off? Or, you know, there's so many permutations <laughs> that could have been there. So, you know, just glad we escaped that, you know, unscathed. And I mean, normally, you know, when, when uh, certain, I'm not saying all refs, but sometimes certain refs, when they've sent the player off on the one side, they will try to even things out. And I actually thought, oh, no, this is an FA Cup fight where Matt Macy will probably have to see out the rest of the game. <laughs> Yeah, I also immediately flashed back to that, and I don't recall him um, playing in, um, in such a high, would have played in such a high profile game, or even much games for Arsenal on this level. So, yeah. it's so good Arsenal, that it never, never transpired. Yeah, so Arsenal did make this up and get here for Lacazette, because I think Lacazette also, you know, played himself into the ground because he had also a hell of a lot of work to cover. Because, you know, they, they, just also a side note where, also, props to people like, like not only Obama Young, but you know, there was the sort of work that, that actually the whole team, you can actually you know, tip your head for the uh, whole team because the sort of running they did, it's, it's like something if you think of, uh, let's just say, uh, the latter part of Una Emery and, and the, the period also with uh, Freddie, but I mean, look, Freddie also put in a shift as a coach, uh, stand in coach. But, I mean, if you t- take that sort of mindset of what we saw that place, we were looking almost like at, the, at a disjointed and apart broken team, and you just see the sort of shift they put in for a final, wow, it's like night and day. Yeah, uh, I see what does. I can't believe we were looking at the same team. You told me six yeah. months ago we would have been here, I would have, you know, I would have bitten your hand off to take uh, to be in the final of FA Cup. And then, of course, in the 92nd minute, of, of what was going to be 97 minutes with all the injury time added. Colosinus then comes on for Tierney. And, <laughs> I'm not going to lie now. My stomach started churning <laughs> because I was thinking, oh man, the sort of season you've been having, you might just let them you know, do something silly. <laughs> but I mean, we kind of, you know, we saw things out. The, the final was sold in goes. And I mean, I ended up screaming, a, a, you know, a shout of joy and a jump of joy. 14th FA Cup win. Well done, lads. Uh, I think, you know, Arteta has given Arsenal fans the opportunity to dream again. You know, it's with, with Una Emre, he was our coach. and But, you know, I never really, really ever got behind him. But with Arteta, you just, you know, initially I wasn't, you know, too happy probably about the appointment. But, like, you know, I just, how you made it, I kind of feel at the moment now, kind of as Gunners all over the world, just start is believing now that there are possibilities to achieve things. Yeah. So we now draw a line on that. We're going to now switch our attention to our personal player ratings of the season. I'm going to divide it up to, you know, goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, and attackers. So first, Bernd Leno, I'm going to give a nine. I still think to myself, if the sort of shift that he, he's put in, and I mean, it, it also kind of mirrors what I'm also kind of say with Aubameyang later on. But it's like, I don't know, honestly, where we would have been in the league itself if it wasn't for him. Because I don't know how many games, like, you know, draw, you know, draws that were looking like they were going to be defeats. He really kept us in, or certain games where, you know, we were drawing and we were desperately needing a win and he was you know, doing his utmost to keep uh, the opponents out with some, like, real fantastic saves this season. So, I mean, yeah, he gets a big, big nine from me. And then Martin is, I'll give an 8.5. I mean, uh, he had to come in at, at a real awkward point where 
Leno was really flying, gets this awkward injury at Brighton. But I mean, solid, solid display from him. And, you know, I, I put my handles up. I was one of kind of his biggest critics because sometimes I used to say he's like almost like a show camera goalkeeper, you know, whatever <laughs> saves for the camera, then it ended up, you know, backfiring on him. But I mean, he looks way mature now. He looks, I mean, solid. His reactions are amazing. I mean, for somebody that's been, look, he's now, what, 10 years at the club, but the sort of reaction saves he's made, this, especially this, this uh, since the restart, fantastic performance. So, you know, well done, goalkeepers. Uh, I'm like to go with the goalkeepers now from my side. Um, Leno also a nine for me. You know, up until his injury for me was probably one of the players of our, in, in Arsenal. Like he just never gave up. His head never dropped. And there was times I felt so sorry for him, but you know he soldiered on, and like you said, made lots of match-winning saves or match-throwing saves at one stage since we were throwing all the time. Um, so I'm going with a nine with him. Martinez, I'm going to go with an eight. You know, fantastic job. When when Leno got injured against Brighton, I thought, oh, no, he has Arsenal season. Even worse down the drain. But he really came in, stood tall, and he made me forget about Leno, actually. So, you know, top class for him. So I'm going to give him an eight. Yeah. And then going to the defenders, I'm just going to name my defenders that I'm mentioning. And before I give their ratings, I'm looking at David Luiz, Socrates, Holding, Bellerin. I don't know, do you want to include Maitland-Niles in defence or you include yeah, him in the... Put him, put him in defence. Okay, then, yeah, then it's going to be Kolasinac, Holding, Tierney and then Mustafi. Yeah. So, David Luiz, you know, I'm giving him a 6.5 because prior to the Man City final, he was like very much, like, you know, in the second half, all over the place, giving away penalties, getting red cards. But, you know, he, he brought himself very nicely back after that Man City game. Yes, he still made some errors here and there, but he came strong back, you know, obviously can't eliminate for what he did also do wrong, but, you know, his rating, I think, <laughs> my first half rating was probably quite, if you must go listen to it, wasn't where it is now for Luis, so I'm yeah. giving him a 6.5. Yeah. Um, Socrates, I'm probably going to give him a 5.5, not because of any mistakes or anything like that. I mean, he got a good goal against Man United for us, and um, I think it was also in the against Portsmouth, I think, I just think he scored, was it? Yeah, yeah, in the FA Cup. But also, he, he never really played much, even after even the restart, after the last few games. So, I'm going to give him, what do you say, a five? Yeah. Because, you know, you can't fault him, but you also there was nothing to really rate him on. Um, Holding, also a five. Yeah. Because he had a good game against Liverpool, which I can recall, but you can also see that he has been struggling a lot. You know, he, even in the FA Cup final, was just one example where he couldn't keep up after the pace of the game. And, I do feel he's kind of going a bit backwards, so five for him there. Um, Ballerin, I'm going to give a 6.5. It wasn't always the happiest with him initially, but he started kind of growing into his role. And I think with Oteta moving to the new formation as well, it seems it suits him a bit better. So, yeah, 6.5. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I'm going to give a 7, because whenever he was called upon, he was always, he always delivered. And I just thought maybe we had more opportunities. But for me, you know, him being selected in the final, um, the Riyad Mahrez, and whenever he did, it was semi-final as well with Riyad Mahrez, marking him out the game. And whenever he was called upon, he was just such a 
top professional, so I'm going to give him a seven. Then Tierney, eight. You know, the first half of the season, you know, we, we looked like we didn't get, you know, he never unlocked his potential. But it just seems that under Arteta, the moment Arteta took over, I think Tierney just started, you know, going from strength to strength to strength. And, you know, a lot of, can we say, you know, with that ball to Aubameyang, both times actually, one in the semi-final and to the final, setting up, you know, key moments in the game. And also very solid at the back. So eight... Kolasinac, uh, I'm going to go with a six. He was a uh, centre-back for Arteta's new formation. Seemed like he did a fairly consistent job, but also you know very crucial errors at times. Um, then Mustafi, I'm going to give a seven. You know, when Arteta took over, it seemed like you know, he, he, his game improved tenfold. And, you know, it just seemed much more solid and ironed out a lot of his mistakes and, you know, some crucial tackles in-game. So, yeah, that's my defense for you. Okay, so with the defense, um, Socrates, I'm going to give a 6.5. Um, I think we were doing well up until the restart because he was, I mean, I'm not saying he had a, a brilliant season, or but if you think of... He wasn't like the best of a worst punch, if you can, <laughs> or a bad punch. But I mean, like, he, he always would put a shift in and, and try to, you know, add a no-nonsense approach to the game. Uh, David Luiz ends up, I don't know how he managed to, but uh, off, a, off the top of my head, I decided to give him a 7.5. Yeah, there were a lot of errors, which probably can take off probably a 2.5 from <laughs> performances from this rating, but I mean... Just with the sort of art that you showed throughout, you know, kind of just guiding us, or, or you could even see the way he was treating the youngsters also, like, you know, as we were edging towards the, the cup final. Very, you know, could see that, that, that sort, of, sort of experience that maybe we've been lacking, especially with that sort of mindset coming into a final, you needed that sort of experience. Um, Mustafi, I, I agree with you, a seven. Um, you know, how can I say? He's somebody, like, when he goes full Mustafi, it's a catastrophe to watch. But when he's really focused and, and, and on point, he, you know, he really looks like the guy. But I mean, not like somebody that you want to say, <laughs> keep long term. <laughs> but, I mean, if you think of what we had, or what Arteta like, had at his disposal, uh, disposal, this was actually the the sort of performance that you need. And, I mean, he played himself to, to the point where He's hanging, Amsterdam ended up conking in in the cup semi-final. So, I mean, hats off to him. Um, Kolasinac, that's where you and I will differ vastly. Um, I gave him a four because I still think they've been... I mean, I still I haven't really, you know, really nitpicked all the games, like watching certain aspects of it. But I, I, I recall him probably on one end already allowing goals to be concerned conceded against us just because he's not only lack of awareness but his lack of authority is really trying to think okay I'm going to boss the situation because I don't know how many times I've watched us concede goals and he's like ducking out of of headers and stuff and people just overpower him so yeah a four Uh, Chambers I gave a seven because after that that real bad injury that he picked up he was playing you know I couldn't believe it was the same play that I was thinking so at the start of the season, you know, he was actually one of the first names that you want to get rid of. But, I mean, he played fantastically. He ended up getting stronger and stronger. But 
Oh, like that, that cruise knee, a ligament injury came at the real wrong time when he was really flying. Uh, Bellerin, I gave a 6.5, kind of showing glimpse of the Bellerin that we know him for because I think if he can just add also his crossing, like you know, improve on his crossing, besides his speed, it will make him a big, big plus. Um, Tierney, I gave an 8. Because, you know, what a revelation. Because, I mean, somebody coming from Scotland and, you you know, you're like a small-town boy get thrown into this big, big club. And, you know, really, he took uh, the, the road running, the way he just ended up taking and adapting to things in the Premier League life. Um, holding, also, agree with you fully, five. Because, I mean, I was really shocked the sort of, I would, yeah, like physical decline of him. Because... Look, he's yeah, like almost like a full season of training and that, and, and I thought he was going to bold on that with you know speed and that, but he didn't see that he ended up getting slower and slower. And the amount of times I've seen us when we on the back foot, and it's like as you mentioned, he just can't keep up with the tempo when when you got like a tricky or, or yeah, a tricky winger running at him. He's like you know at sixes and sevens. Um, I used to make the Niles a seven because he's almost all rounder. I mean. He's get, he got called upon to play as a right back. He get, got called upon to play left back, and at times he can even sit in that holding midfielder or, or even wing back. So, I mean, fantastic performance from him for the season. I mean, there has been rumours that a bid could be accepted if, if one comes in for him since the board kind of, um, I wouldn't say, they, they almost like went above Ateta's head because they've made now that decision that they will listen to offers, but I mean, I honestly would want to keep him around because I mean, he's also, if you think of it, the future of Arsenal and the future of what, say, Arteta has been building now. I agree 100% with that, with Angel Maitland now, and just the pity that, you know, if he does go, that it will be a good player last time that has lots of heart and grit and determination. So I'll now just go to the midfielders, Ozil. A four, I mean, I really expected. Way, way more. I mean, it's actually shocking the way it's petered out the second half of the season, where he's almost like anonymous. And I mean, I think it's his attitude also and work or lack of work rate that's really cost him a spot in the squad. And also, it's something that you and I talked about even going into the midway point of the season. He's just, or he was not also contributing enough from midfield because for somebody that, that that's sitting. You know, on the top pay bracket in the, in the squad, you really feel he should have also been pulling his weight on the field as well. Because little to nothing was coming from his uh, end. And I mean, I think he ended up just with one assist for the season. Um, Xhaka, uh, I gave an eight. Um, sort of performance, when, it, when you think of how it all ended for him as a captain under Una Emery at, at, at Arsenal when we, was we played Palace, where, yeah, the Emirates, where he just lost his ray completely. The crowd turned on him. The the fan base on social media turned on him. And everybody thought, you know, this was like the final straw for him because, look, he was just taking uh, for, in my opinion, also, unnecessary flack because, I mean, you don't have to attack somebody's family and that. And that. So, I mean, he, for me, he really came, came back strong. I think Arteta kind of brought a sort of maturity back to him because sometimes he could be reckless. I mean, sometimes it does show. You can see he's, he's close to losing his rag because I know which game it was where Lacazette also told him just shut up and stop 
like, you know, bickering to the ref. And then, but I mean, he, he sort of matured as well. And it, it, it also like, takes a, a workload of, say, somebody like Aubameyang, who's a skipper, because he might not have an armband around his arm, but I mean, he was almost like leading the team from the middle as well. Um, Torreira gave a six. I mean, also shocked at the sort of decline coming from, like, you know, the new season. I was expecting way, way more from him. But it seems he, he just looks more lost. You know, it's like he, he's not really contributing or adding anything to the team because he's not holding the, the opponent back. He's also not doing the driving forward. So it does also look like, you know, if an offer comes in, Arsenal probably will, would uh, take it. Um, Gwendozi, I give a five. Just his attitude has ruined what could have been also a fantastic season for him because, I mean, at the end of it, He's not even also included, or wasn't even at any of the celebrations of the team as well. So, very like not really a, a real team player in my book. Um, Warlock, I gave a six point five. There's still you know a lot of raw interest to him, and, and I, I don't know if he maybe needs for one more loan season, maybe at a Premier League or more like a, a top level team to to get some you know minutes under his belt, but also to go toe to toe with you know better professionals than just say somebody that you play in the, in the championship or lower leagues. And then Bukaya Saka, Saka uh, 8 out of 10. I mean, 5 goals, 6 assists for the season. Fantastic performance by that kid. Okay, I'm going to start with my midfield. You know, Xhaka, I agree with you. 8 after after his stint at, against the Palace, you know, I thought uh, I wasn't the happiest with him and I thought he was probably never going to wear Arsenal jersey again. But, you know, it just shows what the difference a coach can do. And once Arteta came back, it just, Jaka went from strength to strength. So an eight. Danny Ceballos, I'm giving an eight as well. I forgot to give him, but I'll tell you after when you're done with him. So, yeah, he, you know, he, I thought he was one foot out of the door at one stage. But, you know, like I said, what's so much difference a coach can do? And Arteta waited for him, said he's not fit enough yet. He's not fit enough yet. But boy, when he came back, you know, came back with a bang and was vital in a lot of games for Arsenal. So eight, um, Torreira. I'm gonna also give. I'm gonna give him a six. You know, just like you mentioned, after a top-class season last season, I think he was my player of the season last season. But you know, to come back the way he did, and it just seems like he doesn't. You know, he doesn't have a place in the team, and maybe that's just how he feels in London as well. You know, just doesn't feel at home. Um, you know. Joe Willock, also a 6.5. There's still a lot of potential for the youngster there. And he just needs some more time in the park. And unfortunately, at this point in time, I don't know if he'll be getting it at Arsenal. So, you know, maybe a move out on loan can make a massive difference. Yeah. Um, Saka as well, an 8. Because, you know, because, like I said, you probably missed the consistency. And probably, you know, prior towards the end of the season, probably the first name on anyone's team sheet. So... Yeah, a lot of potential and exciting things to come from him. And, you know, when I was jotting down the ratings, just like, you know, with Ozil and Quintos, you know, I forgot about we had those two players, and it just says a heck of a lot about them. But, you know, Ozil, I'm giving also a four. You know, he he just didn't contribute much for the top paid player at the club. You know, I would rather get rid of him and give that entire package to a bombing if we have to, to keep him. So yeah, four and then Gwendozi, um five as well because it's just 
his attitude was unacceptable. And, you know, a lot of talent there, but, you know, if you're going to have the wrong attitude, talent doesn't count much. And uh, then... Uh, let me just put my two cents with Sebas. I mean, I also give him an eight. Also fantastic. I mean, if, if you think of the sort of performances he played after the restart, I mean, the sort of combination that Ian and Shaka ended up being in midfield, I mean, they were almost like a a linchpin in, in midfield. So, yeah, I mean, I honestly, I hope he stays. And, I mean, if possible, I wouldn't mind assigning him. So, yeah, floor is yours for the attackers. Attackers, Pepe, I'm going to give a seven. You know, he, he, his performances always never warranted. He's, he's like, you know, ra- ranking. But if you look at his statistics, you know, for someone who hasn't so-called been performing well, his assists and goals are, are quite important for us. Yeah. And he chipped in, you know, with assist in the final. And now and and in the semi-final, so you know a big game player definitely. And you know if he can get, I've also criticised him so much throughout the season. But if he can, you know, come be more consistent and show these type of performances from the start of the season, you know, who knows where Arsenal end up? Yeah. Aubameyang, I'm giving a nine. Yeah. You know, overshadowed for me a bit by Leno. Because of, you know, sometimes the results we weren't getting weren't wins, but he saves, Leno saves, you know, kind of took the plaudits. But, you know, once Leno got injured, Aubameyang kind of just pulled away for me with a, with a, with his um, importance to the squad and getting important goals, you know, speaks for itself. We probably wouldn't have been FA Cup champions if it wasn't for him. Yeah. Like I said, improved a lot under Teta, you know, even though he wasn't starting as much. Um, initially, but I'm giving him a seven because of you know hard work. He had to kind of alter his game slightly, and it just seemed to have gone strength to strength for the team. So seven, uh, Martinelli a seven as well. You know, up until his injury, he was really you know somebody I was excited. One of our exciting players, always looking to make things happen. So yeah, seven for him. And then Ketty, I'm giving a six point five. You know he. Got bagged a few goals, put in the hard work, and for someone that we thought would have been on his way out of the club, um, you know, came back, fought for his place, and you know, at one stage wanted to start over Lacazette. So yeah, six point five for him. And what did you give for Reese Nelson? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Reese Nelson. Okay, I think I forgot to jot him down. Reese Nelson. I'm gonna give him a six point five. You know, he for me performed well in games and some games also you know went missing in games but potential is there as well for him I think he just needs uh, like a good run of games and maybe you know being in the Europa League is good for those players I also mentioned if they do not go out on loan so with regards to the forwards like I said I gave a seven as you mentioned looked way better second half of the season um, I mean, of course, I think we still missed a bit of his goals. I think he could have actually contributed a bit more. Um, Obama Young, 9 out of 10. I mean, Mr. Dependable. I mean, of course, there were some moments where I thought really he snatched certain games out, out of the fire for us. Like, you know, that Olympiacos game with that goal he scored there. But, I mean, there's only also so much you can do as a player. I mean, if you've got people around you that aren't at times, you know, putting in a shift and then, I mean, it... It, it does make your job 10 times tougher. So, I mean, if you think of the sort of season we had, 9 out of 10 for him. Pepe, uh, he gets 8 out of 10. And a big apology from me because 
I mean, I was somebody, all the time I was using this whole thing about the, the price tag, the price tag. But as you said, the more I started, you know, I was thinking to myself, is it not fair? And, and, and I was going back on the, the stats of him. And, and as you said, it's scary to see what he's contributing. Like, he's off the ball running. He's, you know, he's corner taking also. You know, the, the sort of accuracy he's pinning with his crosses. And I mean, the way he picks out Aubameyang at... Or, he picks him out at ease and sort of you know when, when you're almost like kind of clinging onto a, a game when he just takes his ball into the final third and he, he makes it so difficult for the opponent to you know get the ball off him so I mean a big bonus um, Nelson I gave a 6.5 I mean I, I mean I, honestly I mean I want the best for the player but you just don't know if he you know is doing enough to you know kind of push us further say the Europa League or pushes higher up the league if, if that's the sort of player you need or, you know, you get the sort of replacement eventually. But, I mean, fingers crossed that he can, you know, really boost his career at Arsenal. In Ketia, I gave a seven. I mean, you know yourself, I'm not that <laughs> the biggest Ketia fan. But, I mean, there were certain games where his sort of tempo and, and, and kind of wildiness in the box was actually a, a big bonus for us, which kind of occupied two or three defenders at a time with him. Even though I think he still needs to somehow hit the gym, get a bit bulkier or you know, stronger to fend off more people because I think he gets also bumped off the ball way too easy. I mean, you can see he has a tempo, but I think physically he's really lacking still. And I mean, for me, Martinelli probably up there with the unlucky people that were injured another season. Um, in training, he ends up you know, doing his knee ligaments. And I mean, I think, you know, I really wanted to see him, you know, to see his sort of performance what he would put up in the latter part of the FA Cup because, I mean, up to then, he was really banging goals for fun when he when he did have the opportunity to play. So, yeah, that's our rating. And, and you know, with regards to Arteta, I mean, I'm going to give him a nine because if you think of what was left on his doorstep, you know, taking over a job like Arsenal as his first main um career as a, as a first team coach and I'm mean, to see him in you know after all this drama that we had in up there with you know one of our, our worst seasons in in decades and he ends up with silverware yeah I'm also going to give Arteta a nine it was a hard cooling season he came back and changed what could have been an extremely miserable season to ending off with high spirit so yeah definitely a nine from my side so I didn't uh, as we know starting to slowly wind down also um, with your with moments of the season. What was your goal of the season? Oh, it's so tough to call this, but I'm, I'm going to go with, you know, I'm going to go with the chip of a I mean, the dink over Caballero for the FA Cup, you know, that that would be my goal of the season because it sparked me with joy and everything that I could have asked for. So, yeah, that's mine. Uh, mine was the Lacazette goal versus Spurs because you know I love uh, you know one of that low, no backlift strikes into goal. I mean that goal at at, at uh, White Hart Lane where he actually gave Loris no chance. But I mean I love that shot because you know it's so much power to hit the ball that hard and to rock it in the top for a top corner. Um, your save of the season? Oh, I'm gonna go. With- with Martinez against Marius to keep us, I think, 1-0 in the FA Cup. Yeah, mine is again Martinez versus Spurs, again in that defeat. Um, I think Ty ends up hitting a 30 or 35-yarder 
And I mean, at, at first, I just thought it was, uh, you know, a shot eating the, the crossbar. But when they showed the, the real slow motion, you actually do see Martinez getting the fingertips onto the bar. So, I mean, for, for me, it was up there with the fantastic saves. Um, your low light of the season? Uh, probably the Olympiacos game getting knocked out, uh, like in the fashion we did after doing the hard work in the first leg. I think it, I thought the season couldn't get any worse than that point. Yeah, um, for me, it was, you know, a much promising Guendouzi going totally off the rails later part of the season. I mean, I, uh, as I said, I've, I've been a big fan of his, but I still couldn't fathom the sort of decline that he had in a matter of like, what, six months? Um, your highlight of the season? Yeah, definitely. There's two. Probably the okay. I can't say the first one really because it wasn't at that point. But winning the FA Cup, but also appointing Arteta as well, leading to that. You know, so yeah. But the FA Cup for me takes it. Yeah, for me as well. Uh, your play of the season? Yeah, uh, definitely Abameyang. It would have been Leno, but I think Abameyang because he took us all the way. Definitely Abameyang. Yeah, because I mean, 29, 29 goals in all competitions. Nothing to scoff about. Um, your young player of the season? I'm going to go with Martinelli. Martinelli. I've gone with Saka because, I mean, for me, four goals, nine assists. I mean, that's... For, for somebody that, that came in as a kid and was ended up, you know, playing like a mature guy, you know, when we were really on the ropes, I mean, for me, also a revelation. But, I mean, I agree with you also, Martinelli. It's also, for somebody that has come from the fourth division in Brazil and you know, hit the ground running immediately in the, in the English game. Fantastic also. So, as we now start winding off, uh, as we now review the campaign, your thoughts now, I mean, if you think of, of your point, you know, your sort of opinion that you had, because I mean, I, saw, I think I still have the text on my phone. Um, your thoughts about Arteta when he first joined and how it's now panned out to now? I thought it was a bit of experience, guys, to take over initially, you know, especially the mess we were in. I thought, you know, you needed an old head, possibly someone that, you know, was one things that can get you out of this mess. But it just seems that, you know, my, I was completely wrong. And, you know, he came up with new ideas, new initiatives, something fresh that maybe Arsenal were crying out for. So... Definitely somebody that I can get behind and look up to as, you know, this is my coach. Something that Arsenal fans haven't been able to do in a while. You know, when Wenger started off for his first part of the season, you were proud of him. But, you know, now I'm proud that Arteta is Arsenal's coach. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I just think also the sort of belief, I think that's the key thing for me, the belief he brought back to this, this team. And if you think, you know, the, the state that we were in, we were dangling between 12th and 13th, for, say, the majority of the season. And, and our, you and I were thinking, like, you know, can we get ourselves out of this hole? And the thing is now, you know, in that little time, that, that, that what's it, six months or even less, what he's achieved, you know, getting them into eighth, I mean, of course, nothing to write home about, but, I mean, to get us up to eighth and then, you know, uh, also get silver when, and if you think, if you could, like, do a comparison, if you think of... All the years of, of you know sort of Arsenal Tottenham rivalry, uh, you know we ended up having our worst league season and we end up still going home with a, a trophy in our cabinet. <laughs> Forever in our shadow. So with regards to the Arsenal plans for next season, I mean uh, a lot of rumours on our rival. It looks like it's now 
just about dead set on on William joining. Um, there's still now you know question marks out for for is that the Coutinho move is still on that because Barcelona I think willing to loan for another season. Um, there's also talk of uh, Gabriel of Lille, their centre back. He's I think 22, 23, to also come in because. I honestly don't think, you know, it could also be the end, really, for people like Socrates and maybe one or two other defenders as well. Because, look, Arsenal will also have to clear out before we can even, you know, bring people in. So, what's your thoughts, though, with, with the sort of targets that's been floating around with Arsenal? No, I, I'm happy with him. It just it seems like those are the, the pl- places we need to strengthen. Um, also, we need another dominant central midfielder. I think it's still in talks of that party of yeah, Atletico yeah. Madrid. So, you know, if we can get those signings that you mentioned alone, I think there's a lot of quality and and depth there. Plus, the Libas coming in. So, you can't really complain. I think Aubameyang getting him to stay or sign a new deal would also be as, right. you know, cliche as it is and was as good as a new signing. And I mean, it's going to be also important to you know, bring or integrate people quite quick for the new season, like, you know, for the new season with people like Pablo Marie and and also Cedric, because you also don't know how we're going to, you know, lay out, lay things out, because with the talk, as I told you earlier on, about Maitland-Niles possibly leaving, which would leave, you know, Cedric and Ballerin as our first choice right backs. But, you know, that being said, I just hope that they do, you know, you know manage to somehow persuade him to stay, I mean, I actually, or Arteta can persuade the, the club to, to, you know, drop everything of trying to get rid of him. And then, of course, now with the podcast for the next season, which is not going to be that far away if you think of it with all this quarantine and lockdown stuff, because our next game is on, uh, what's it, August the 29th against Liverpool in the Community Shield. So, uh, what, what's your thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think Arsenal, maybe because we were playing at the higher tempo for longer, we could you know, edge that one against Liverpool and hopefully that won't be too high on the priority because it'll be nice to start off the season with a, a bit of silverware. Yeah. So, guys, thank you for this long, long season. It's been a blast. I hope you guys take care. Enjoy the holidays. Bye. Cheers, guys. Enjoy. Enjoy.